Welcome to the Marvel D&T Evolution Podcast with myself, Andy Stead. And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. And once again, we've got Monty Harry with us. How are we doing, Monty? Doing wonderful. Glad to be yeah. back. Thanks for having Excellent. me. You're welcome, mate. Excellent. Good stuff. So um, we are not going to beat around the bush this week, are we, boys? We are going to get straight into talking about Eternals. Uh, oh, so yeah. we've, we've all seen it over the last couple of days. And um, we're all fresh off the back of... Um, Really and truly, I think a, a pretty successful, um, entertaining, mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of I wouldn't say it was a, a whirlwind story as such, but uh, a real sort of deep story. There was a lots of lots Absolutely. of really, really good elements to it. So, I mean, something I just want to I want to touch on to start with, just to just to begin, because I know we spoke about a few bits last <clears> week. Um, was just some of the some of the individual actors' performances. So before we get stuck into the to the story itself and how it affects yeah. Marvel, we, we you know I I personally brought up um, uh, I, I was I was not necessarily concerned but interested to see how some of the actors would do. And um, someone that I brought up was uh, Liz McHugh who uh, played Sprite, and yeah. I said, could she play? Could could a sixteen year old actor play um, an old soul? And uh, I think she did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yep. I had a feeling that she would do a good job. I, as we talked about, you know, in the last podcast, and you know, I think she really did nail it. It's it's hard to do that, but I think that they they test for that. You know, when she read for the part, and you know, in in the lead up, they you know they had to really probably severely screen for that. And uh, I think she passed that test with flying colors. I really got the impression she was, you know, the multi-million-year-old or however thousands of year old in this in this case, uh, you know, um, person uh, in the body of a uh, young girl. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, I also uh, really liked um, uh, Barry, uh, Barry uh, Kiergan. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but Druig. Yes. Yes. I thought he was outstanding. And in fact, he was probably, um, uh, uh, I will talk about maybe characters in a minute, but he was probably my favorite Eternal. But I thought he, I thought his performance was, was brilliant. The bit where they're in, the bit when they're in Babylon up the top was beautiful. I thought that was so, so well done. It really was, you know, I mean, I was just like, yeah, I'm with him. Like, I agree, you know, and the way he walked out and it was almost like a, um, like a messiah, wasn't he? As everybody sort of followed, he got everybody to follow him out, and I thought that was a that was an excellent, excellent um, bit of acting. And I thought absolutely, he, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, was, I think. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're fine. No, so I was uh, was gonna say like so with Druid, I found his character, you know, and I I have a whole bunch of you know stuff on like deviations from the the original you know uh, comic source material and stuff like that we could talk about in in a little a little later but one of the things i i notated was his character was a lot more likable in this than Mm -hmm. in his comics iteration um so i think he did a good job with that even though he still maintained that oh i'm druig i'm kind of the odd man lone wolf out of here I'm, i'm kind of doing my own thing i you know I'm, I'm me, I'm my own person, but at, at the same time, I'm, I'm still part of the team. And, um, you know, his, uh, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on that love interest with uh, with Makari situation, though. But I think Druig himself was, was played very well. It was comic accurate. It went in a slightly different direction, but without, 
you know, being too crazy, you know, with how they, uh, how they went. So, so yeah, totally agree. And then speaking of Makari, yeah, you mentioned, is it love interest? Is it brother or sister? Is it, you know, type of relationship? Cause they definitely had some kind of relationship and they saw eye eye with each other. Cause you could tell when they were in the past and, you know, she was doing stuff and he was doing stuff and they were kind of like, we're not going to tell anybody else. And mm-hmm. then just when, when, when uh, they met up again uh, on, on the, on the domo, um, after they got back where she was just sitting there just collecting stuff and just reading stuff and just chilling, you, you could see that they had some kind of relationship. And I like their back and forth, their, you know, their banter went with each other too as well. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, and I thought she was, um, she was very good as well. Yes. Um, the actress that played Makari, I thought she'd done a good job of playing that kind of, um, she was almost like a, a fun, a fun character. And I think that's probably why they kind of got on well. They liked me sort of being a little bit mischievous, didn't they? Yes. Um, yeah. You know, they were sort of, um, weren't necessarily being wrong, but just being a bit naughty. And I think <laughs> they, they, they both kind of like that, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was good. But yeah, I thought, um, uh, uh, do you know what? And as well, I'm going to say something now that's going to sound sh- insane, but I'm not the biggest Angelina Jolie fan. And um, mm. however, I really enjoyed her as Thena. I thought she was, she was really, there was a real presence about her. And actually the, the, the story that they wrote for her was, was brilliant. And I thought she delivered it. So yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah. obviously she delivered it with just such great sort of professionalism and, you know, just charisma. Yeah. There was a big uh, connection to what I got from her was to like, um, I don't know if, you know, anyone has ever, you know, dealt with a family member who had like a diminished mental capacity, like, you know, Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that. I felt like people who, you know, dealt with that in their family might have like I haven't necessarily dealt with it directly. I know people who have. I've seen that. I've seen the results of it. Um, but, yeah, I, I felt that that she played that. And I think that that brought like we got a lot of elements in this movie in general of things that you hadn't seen before, like, you know, Makari's death. So they're speaking in sign language. They had to have like kind of a sign language situation. Uh, you know, she's got this, uh, you know, she's got mad weary. Uh, so her, her mind, she could just snap and lose it on them at any time. So she's got that volatile, you know, kind of uh, chaotic element to her yet. She is an exceptional badass in terms of when she's at her full capacity and able to fight. So like dealing with that, you know, kind of dichotomy, I, I, I felt was, uh, was really well done. Yeah, I definitely can relate. I, I've gone that, that whole relationship, the whole thing you talked about with, you know, yeah. the dementia and that kind of stuff. So just mm-hmm. the whole dynamic in between her and Gilgamesh and, you know, how he's like, come back to me, I'll take care of her, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that, that really hit close to home for me. And I thought it was really well done, their whole relationship, mm-hmm. him being the protector, being the, the watcher over her and just, you know, letting her be her, but still, you know, making sure that she kind of stayed with, him on that level so yeah it's very touching that whole that whole that whole relationship was very touching actually yeah that was that was nice one interesting thing i also really liked too was like how they talked about how she was like the goddess of war mm-hmm. kind of kind of that parallel to like how thor is like the god of thunder like yep. kind of like you know throughout history like you have different gods and everything like that so kind of thought it was kind of interesting because you know the eternals have made appearances with the asgardians before yes. in the past yeah and stuff like that so and calling on that, there was a there was a nice little nod. Was it Kingo that said he used to throw Thor around when he yes. was a child? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, he said Thor used to follow me around or whatever when he was a little. When he was yeah, a little, when he was a little kid. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and there speaking was, of there was, speaking of Kingo, though, I just want to give a, a big shout out to his valet. That guy oh wow, that him. was yes. Uh, 
dude, that broke that down on what I liked about this movie. <laughs> that's like right at the top. Kingo's ballet. Yeah, ballet. He, uh, another, t- another touching scene when he was saying goodbye. Yep. Oh, absolutely. At the end there. And like, uh, but, but Kingo let me down a little bit, man. I, I didn't like that 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 ending. I know he was boys with, with Icarus or yeah. what have you. He's like, I'll follow you wherever. But then like, at the end, he's just like, all right, see ya. I'm out. Like, <laughs> I'm out. Like, it wasn't, it was totally, un- it was like the most unceremonious, like, uh, part. He just was like, all right, I'm packing up. Whatever happens, happens. See ya. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't necessarily. So I, I really like this movie. I gave it like an eight out of 10, or, or I'm really debating between 7.5 to eight out of 10. Like, I, I keep flipping back and forth. But there's some elements I really didn't like. And then there are some elements I really, really like. So I keep flip flopping back and forth between those. And, and that Kingo part is, is one of those. Yeah. One of those okay. things. Oh, well, we can come. When they did the Unimind, I was just going to say, what is he back home? Just like chilling. Right. And yeah. He hovers off the ground, you know, exactly. he's like a part of it too. Like, you know, like, I don't but know. You also, what you also look at too is that he had people that he had to be uh, responsible for. And even said that when they first showed up. So, right. you know, out, out of all of them who built lives on earth, you know, and kind of blended in with society, he had the most to lose and the most responsible for. And I thought it was funny how they did him when, when um, Sprite asked him, since you don't age, how'd you pull this off? He goes, well, it was my great, great, great grandfather, <laughs> my great grandfather, my grandfather, my father and me It's like, we're just continuing down the line. I thought that was pretty interesting how they did that with, with him being a, a movie star and, and doing all those Bollywood films so, and, and so forth. So that's actually a nod to Crow, Crow's character. Yep. Uh, Crow's character in the Eternals is the only deviant who has immortality. Yep. So he just keeps continuing on his, he tells every other deviant that he's the son of the previous crow, but it's the same crow the entire time. So, uh, so that was kind of like a nod to that. Uh, you know, I thought that was interesting that they went with him doing that as opposed to kind of crow, but they went in such a radically different direction with the deviants that it obviously makes more sense for one of the Eternals to have that happen. Then. But it was interesting though with crow though, is that he was the one to absorb Eternals powers. Yeah. when he killed him so they, they kind of did a little bit of play on that because once he got ajak you know he, he can heal you know so that kind of went along that immortal line with him there mm-hmm. um except you know when they basically highlandered him at the you know at the end <laughs> i didn't was. expect that that ajak scene with icarus you know like i did uh, not think i did not think we were going to go in that direction you know where icarus is going to throw her to the deviants and... yep did any yeah. of you did any of you did any of you see it coming so, so a couple of things that the, the trailers kind of saw. One, Druig definitely looked like looked, looked like the villain in, in the in the trailers to me. So mm-hmm. that was one thing that threw off well. But you also saw that when they showed um, Ajax talking to Icarus on her porch, <clears throat> and then there was always some mystery around that, but you didn't really see Ajax anymore after those moments in the trailers. That something did happen there, and I thought I read there were some reshoots where that I thought in previously, and I could be wrong on this, that I thought he previously, before the reshoots, he actually killed her himself. Whereas it looks mm. like the reshoots, they wrote him in to be more of, he just threw, threw her to the, through the, so, um, yeah, to the uh, deviants instead. So I don't know if that's true or not, but there was some, some chatter around that out there, whether, you know, they want to make him salvageable or not, which at the end of the movie, they kind of, he kind of did until he flew into the sun, like kind of like his counterpart namesake type. Yeah. Type of 
know. Yeah, and then they just you know kind of kill them off. Yeah. Um, but with so with that part, that actually you know not. Too, I mean, I'm sure we're going to shift around a lot in this conversation, but not to shift too much. But I wanted to highlight that particular part while we're on the subject. Um, you know, I felt personally that too much of the team was too vulnerable. You know, like uh, so, like let's say you had a team of Cersei, Sprite, Ajax, and Druid. Right now, the, the 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 whole premise of the Eternals that they're synthetic beings created to defeat specifically to defeat deviants, and I get that Crow had a unique situation with his healing power, but uh, you know Cersei was you know and yes she kind of was a little bit ambushed. I mean not Cersei, uh, Ajax was a little bit ambushed, but I still felt that like based on what we saw of their powers, how they kind of struggled throughout the movies, like if you had Ajax, Cersei, and Sprite and Druid combined that's four eternals and i think they would get mopped by any like by by a number of uh of deviants whereas if you had kingo thena icarus and gilgamesh they could probably take out hundreds of deviants right well and now well that was kind of though until cersei kind of found her 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 expanded power though when they went to go druids but yeah but i i see where you're coming from yeah so so now and i get that like when you have a so they're kind of based on a military unit right so in the military unit army has a core of engineers they have their medics this and that but anyone in the military is given a gun and they're trained to shoot and be able to kill like you don't join in the army and you're only doing that one thing like you walk around with a gun and you are expected to be able to fight if it comes down to it whereas i felt like you know there was part of the team that was considerably more capable than the other part of the team. And I don't know that, that for me just didn't, it didn't sit well with because of the fact that they're specifically designed to kill deviants. So. Mm. I, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, and I, I kind of agree. I agree on certain things. I totally agree with it, what you're saying about there's this imbalance and there is, and that was, that was shown in the very first scene, wasn't it? You, you know, yeah. um, the, the fighters, you had Fina, Gilgamesh, um, Kingo and Icarus fighting the the deviants, it, it, you know, when the prehistoric, not prehistoric, but like the um, right the Babylonian, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then well, yeah, but but before that, yeah, when they first arrived, right, right, and then yes, the others yes. come out of the ship, didn't they? They right, sort of yeah. went, oh, good, they've done the fighting now. But um, so I do agree with what you're saying. However, I mean, if the beginning of the movie, you would say that at the end of the movie, when you saw actually the Eternals sort of whole role was was to help humanity you know well not humanity but it, the life form on that planet just get to a well, stage they, where yeah. yeah so actually at the beginning of the movie you're right their mm. their their um their purpose was to defeat the deviants but at the end of the movie you're going oh actually their purpose was just to get the planet to a point where there was enough people so you probably right. do need these other characters need like the engineers. yeah yeah True. exactly they needed fastos uh, fastos to be able to develop all these things um right. like what they were saying um uh war develops um or you know, technology uh, what, what, yeah war develops technology the fastest yeah, so, yeah yeah exactly yeah which is why they needed them to to needed humans to make, to have wars because then there was technology when there's conflicts there's competition when there's competition there's innovation when there's innovation there's you know it, it rolls on doesn't it so um yeah, i think yeah, actually yeah. their role to get the 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 um life on a particular planet to a certain point that it can sustain a celestial right um, requires them to be diverse in in right. their abilities not just to fight yeah i think that's a good point 
But then also, too, when you look at it, by the time the movie ends, Fastos could hold his own against Icarus. You know, yeah. Makari like did as well. You know, Cersei kind of, you know, had some things where she held her own, too. So you would see, you would see yes, when they first got there, they had specific roles and they would have got mopped. But over the yeah. generations, over the years, they, they kind of did evolve themselves and what they could do and, and how they could handle themselves. Right, which is true to the comic, too, because, like, they, they all focus on their different things. Like, Druid focused on his mental abilities, and Gilgamesh focused more on his body and less on, you know, the transmutation or the or their cosmic powers. That's why Gil, Gilgamesh only manifests those gloves, but he's knocking these guys all, which, by the way, was a super satisfying part of the movie when he was just slamming these yes. dudes around. So oh, the man. sound, the yeah. sounds as yes. well. The sounds yeah. was the sounds were, were brilliant um, yeah. when he was when he was fighting and him and Makari. Yeah, I was just about to say coming back to Makari. Um, really, really enjoyed the super speed uh, yes. scene, especially when she was going off yes. to find where the emergence was yes. going to happen. I thought that was really, really well done. I was mm. so happy we didn't get a slow motion scene like they did with the X Men Quicksilver stuff. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I love speedsters, but like. They didn't need that in this movie, and they had a great scene where she fights Icarus, and she's just like slapping him up yes. against the wall repeatedly. Yeah, and he's just going further and further in. And yeah, I mean, like they never did that, and I was so thankful because, like, they that scene where she runs around the Earth and she's looking for the Celestial where it's going to emerge from. You know, that was another yeah. great scene. It's like yeah. she's just zipping all over the planet, and right. it's so quick too. And yeah. So Best Alex, did you did you did you not like the um, uh, Fox Quicksilver slow mo thing, or was you just happy to not see that in this movie? So one of the things that bothers me is there's that one scene where they go to get Magneto out, and Quicksilver puts on his headphones and he listens to his music, and he's running, you know, so fast, but he's listening to his music at normal speed. Yep. That just always, <laughs> is, that's just always bothered me. You know, yeah. like, I, like, I, I, I know that you can kind of like mess with that and you can like justify it, but like, there's just like so much stuff that like, I don't know, like whenever you start doing that slow motion stuff, it just like makes people think way too much about that stuff and physics and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And it just bothers me. So I'm like, you know, just let the character move. But like, I love that scene where he pulls everybody out of the X mansion, saves yeah. everybody, does the moonwalk, drinks the tab, <laughs> like, you know, eats a slice of pizza throws everybody out of the building and saves everyone <laughs> but like it, they have like pauses where he's like doing something right. and, and but like i don't know like i just i didn't think that it was kind of needed and i kind of felt like after seeing quicksilver in the mcu speedsters needed to be like i, I don't know i just maybe dialed up a little bit like a little bit faster you know what i'm saying i guess no i, I do know what you're saying and i think yeah. because we've we've had so much slow-mo stuff and yes. not even not even with speedsters just yeah. slow-mo stuff like since 99 and you know bullet time and the matrix and all of that we've had so much slow-mo regardless of whether these person these people have got super speed or not we've kind right. of seen slow-mo so like and and if i'm honest i love the quicksilver thing I, and do you know what now you've just ruined it for me by the way that he's pretty safe <laughs> um, but, um, well no but, well no i was actually going to say to that like so i don't know if you guys have audible or, or anything like that like you can speed up the speed at which you're listening <laughs> to something so he might you know i mean listen speedsters can be very smart as evidenced by makari because they yeah. read a lot of books like he can learn how to code probably in an hour yeah. it's yeah. very possible he could 
modify his stuff or his player to play at like a, a thousand X. So it's so fast that like it hears it at regular speed while he's running around. I don't know. I thought but, about that too. And I was like, he could just hit the fast forward button and run around and just listen to it on <laughs> fast forward, you know? Exactly. exactly. And, uh, and, and while, you know, the Fox Quicksilver was really entertaining and I like the way they did it. I, I think Makari is probably the best of the on speed on screen speedsters so far. That we've seen, yeah, in any movie, too. Yes. better than better than the Flash from Oh, oh, from wow. Justice Flash. Yeah. oh yeah, that, better than uh, that, pretty much, that, yeah, that Snyder cut Pet Shop. No, yeah, no, <laughs> I don't want to see no. that ever again. I, yeah, that <laughs> scene was just so drawn out. Talk. Yeah, and the, the shoes ripping off, so and the shoes ripping off, and, and, and yeah, and, yeah, and, and he just makes that dumb look all the time, like yeah, like, as stuff's <laughs> happening, like dude, you're a speedster, like make you know do something. Yeah. <laughs> uh so true um, but yeah uh, i i really enjoyed i really enjoyed that um that, that cgi when she was going fast i thought that was excellent um i really liked um the sort of the uh, the icarus cgi as well with him flying um i thought that mm-hmm. was that was very well done um i like terry kind of he, he went do you know what i've got laser beams coming out my eyes i'm gonna use this mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what i yeah. mean like, i've yeah. always thought of, i've always thought that about superman when i've seen him on screen i'm like you got laser beams out of your eyes why don't you use that a little bit more you know use that more yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and icarus was like yeah I'm, i know i'm gonna use yeah. it don't worry he really leans um, into them and and you know there's the superman comparison between those two characters oh it's a marvel superman blah 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 but no i mean icarus it's it's very true to the comic of you know icarus does lean heavily on his eye beams he does fly around but but also he fights i thought it was a good mixture and it wasn't oh. just a, a superman ripoff or anything like that which nice. some people might look at yeah. it uninitiated and, and feel that way and yeah, he, had, he had no reservations about killing either right no, no reservations no hesitations he was yeah. like you know what this is me i'm a good soldier boom 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 he kind of he kind of had that john walker kind of like attitude where he like thought he was doing something for the right reason yep. even though it was bad right. and so yeah. he was kind of like you know like kind of like on that train of like what i'm doing is right and i'm sorry everybody but i'm doing this to protect you Six. kind of type yeah. thing like yeah um, totally totally bra- like brainwashed brainwashed soldier type attitude yeah. like you know, i'm gonna follow my orders regardless of what is right or wrong yeah you know and that's the difference between um that uh, don't want to digress too much on Captain America and John Walker, but that's the difference between Steve Rogers and John Walker. You know, um, both great soldiers, but Steve will do what is right, regardless of what he's being told, where John Walker will just do what he's been told. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing I liked, um, guys, was, um, you know, how it was only a two and a half hour movie, but every character really got a chance to shine. Um, I really feel that, you know, you got a good amount of development from from most of the characters, obviously, you know, not really Gilgamesh, but then they killed him anyway. Um, but then it's funny because then that's that's kind of a double edged sword, because I felt that also at the same time, they spent a little too much on like interpersonal and not necessarily they could have they could have diverted some of that towards a little more world building, a little more exposition, a little more stuff like that, just to kind of, you know, just to solidify kind of what they were trying to explain to us as far as like the Marvel cosmology, where everything comes from, you know, stuff like that. But but I, I did really like how everyone got a chance to shine. I, I don't know if you guys felt that, that way. Yeah, um, uh, I, I agree. My, my wife did mention, I thought the same as well, that at times it was kind of slow. Um, but I do like how they went back to to the past 
and then come back to the present to kind of show mm-hmm. each one's different view and how they you know how they were on on the world as well. Yeah. Um, you know the whole thing with, with Jurig, how he you know they took all the people and left and when they all broke up, you know, and then you, you see him in the future and he's got all of them in a camp and they're all living off the grid. They're all uh, you know kind of almost a cultish society, but not really a yeah. cult in a way. Um, but mm-hmm. then you also see with uh, with Fastos as well with, with Hiroshima, and then mm-hmm. how he started using technology and how he kind of went away. And when he actually had the family and that, he kind of protected them with the technology, but didn't use it anymore to to do anything else like that. So right. I thought it was a, I thought the whole movie was a fantastic sort of character development piece. I thought yeah. the whole the whole thing was just. I, I agree with what you're saying, though, Monty. There was it was almost like they. Um, they gave you a little bit of this cosmic world building and they kind of went, oh, here it is. Oh, but by the way, let's go back to these guys quickly. And you're like, oh, I, I would I would have liked to have seen more of that. You, you're right, actually, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I don't necessarily not like the character building. I appreciated no. that. What I what I wasn't, I felt like, you know, like, for example, like the love thing with uh, with Icarus and, uh, and Cersei, like they spent a good amount of time on that just to kill off Icarus at the end. Um, you know, obviously, yes, we get it. They were a thing. They were a thing for a long time. That's part of the reason of her reservations and their weird relationship. Cool. But then there's like, you know, they, and we had our first, you know, love, love making scene in, in Marvel movies. Yeah. So that was like, that was kind of a cool thing. So I do like that, that they're kind of maturing and going in different directions. So I, I definitely appreciated that. But, uh, but yeah, I felt like, you know, interactions between the characters, it's good. You got to see how this family unit is cohesive but they could have swapped some of that for some some more world building but that also came into factor at the end though when they were taking on you know the the final battle scene there because he he then kind of stopped yeah he didn't yeah because of that love yep exactly so that did have a major factor through the whole theme of the movie and and the whole thing yeah and cersei sly you know i liked her character (laughs) in the film but she's very sly because you know, when it comes to her and, and Dane Whitman in the future, you know, again, the movie, she gives him what a ring with his family crest on it for a birthday gift. Um, mm-hmm. She tells him to call his uncle, you know, mm-hmm. and also Cersei in the comics is also one of the wielders of the Ebony Blade, too, as well. So I want to see how that ties in going forward, because mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot of leading of her leading. You know, does she have history with other Black Knights through history that we don't know about? Like I said, in the comics, she's wielded the ebony blade. Just yeah. the way that she's played things up until now. You know, there, I think there's more there building when we actually get Black Knight, whether it's Disney Plus or through a movie or where you should look next. There's going to be some back history there with her and the Black Knight uh, mantle. Yeah, yeah. And, Definitely. And, and the ebony blade also comes from the same time as like Excalibur yep. and Merlin. And they talked about Excalibur in yep. this movie. Right, yeah. So she's swinging it around. Yeah. yeah, yeah being yeah, on the so. ship. You know, like maybe that's another little push in that direction. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I think, uh, yeah, I think we might see, um, we might see or, or understand that Cersei's, like like Jaren said, had a relationship with previous Black Knights. Um, and that's where she's got the ring from, unless she made the ring. I mean, she did. Right. Get, she made a big thing about that she can make anything out of anything. Yeah. So maybe she, maybe she did just make the ring, but maybe she's picked that up because, and she's almost been attracted to Dane for that same reason. Mm, that's a good point because, like, what are the odds she just randomly falls in with the with exactly? The Black Knight, that's a point. Right? Of all exactly. that she, she could technically kind of probably have any dude she wanted. Yeah, you know I mean, she's been around forever. She's smart enough to to finagle her way into any situation. 
yeah, so she just randomly falls in with that guy. Like, uh, that's a little, uh, little different. Well, while we're talking about while we're talking about Dane Whitman, then let's talk about the sort of the the um, the, the second post credit scene. Yeah, we'll skip, skip it, skip ahead a little bit, but we're on that train, so we might as well talk a little yeah. bit about that. So um, he's obviously approaching the uh, the Ebony Blade, and he doesn't mm-hmm. really want to do it, but he wants to get his girlfriend back, and he doesn't know where she's gone, so um, he he does it, and then we we hear that voice, and I must admit, when I first heard it, I was like, "Who's that?" And then somebody said, "Oh, it could have been Doctor Strange." I was like that makes sense because you know mystical magic etc 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 and then uh, it's yeah it turns out that it's um um blade. Yeah, yeah. it's blade yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. And I, and, you know and at first i thought it, it could have been the watcher you know type of scenario Nick fury yeah, yeah coming fury as well but it, it does make sense with, with blade though because there's history there right um you know there's there's mi13 there's midnight suns um there's also that new series that's out now the death of dr strange um also mm. too with, with blade saying you sure you want to do that there also was a fake ebony blade in in the comics as well uh that dracula made that had vampire things in it um to try and control the black knight dane whitman so there's all kinds of ways that they can go here with that in credit scene and i'm glad to see them tying blade and black knight together because maybe mm-hmm. you know blade helps train black knight to wield a sword maybe uh, right. Maybe Blade's like a watching over it to make sure it's not the fake Ebony Blade uh, where Dracula can control uh, the Black Knight. So, Also, that, Blade's from London. Yeah, so the MI13 thing as well um, comes yeah. into play there. But if, if you think about where the MCU is headed, I think we're going down the Midnight Suns route um, just for the fact that um, we have uh, Moon Knight. Um, we have... Um, Black Cat was kind of teased in Morbius. We have Morbius coming. Um, we also have, who else do we have? Um, Where Are By Nights coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Doctor Strange already. Um, you know, there's there's rumors of Punisher. Um, they indirectly teased Iron Fist and Shang-Chi with, with the Seven Cities of Ancient Heaven. Yep. Um, so there's all kinds of ways that we can go here with that. And if they go the Midnight Suns, I know Alex is going to be all over Ghost Knight, Ghost Rider here, okay. but also I want to see Man Thing as well. Yeah, <laughs> another one. So Midnight Suns makes sense if they go MI thirteen. You know, there's Blade, there's Captain Carter from from What If, who's supposed to show up in Doctor Strange. Right. Um, you know, there's a couple um, breadcrumbs there, but I think the biggest one is going to be Midnight Suns. So do they do do they do something in that scenario like make Lilith a villain or do they center like the main threat around something like the Darkhold? Like because Lilith is Dracula's daughter, right? Or no? N- no, she's like like a mother of creatures. I'm pretty sure. Like oh, that's right. Yeah. Darkhold. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like all evil creatures, kind of type deal, supernatural like. Yeah. They could. Uh, we have a do- they have a dark hole. Maybe it's Shithon introduced at some point. You know, the, the dark hole's there with, with uh, Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. You know, who's Dracula's? But Dracula's daughter too. Who actually allies with Blade. I can't remember her name. Um, I'm going blank on her name. But Dracula's daughter, who allies with Blade for a while and goes against Dracula, they can go that whole route. You know, we th- th- wasn't there rumors that uh, Ethan Hawke is going to be Dracula as well. I think I heard that rumor. Yeah, yeah. he's he, not. Yeah, he's in Figgy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Moon Knight, so. he's in Moon Knight, and there's rumors that he might be Dracula in that in mm-hmm. that series. So um, there's that route as well. So there's all kinds of ways they go, but I think it's gonna be a Midnight Suns Dracula type concept they're going for here with that. I think we might end up, we might get some sort of um, hints towards that next week at yep. uh, Disney Plus Friday. Day. 
Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'll tell you one thing I was sort of not necessarily disappointed with. I was disappointed when I found out that it, well, I say I found out she hasn't actually 100% confirmed it as such, but she said it, isn't she, in an interview, and it's been recorded that she said it, Chloe Zhao said it, it was Blade. Yes. Um, yeah. But um, I, I sort of thought to myself, well, for the general, for us, it's fine. We'll find that out, won't we? Yeah, we'll find that out. Yeah. But for the general audience, if they've mm-hmm. stayed, which... You know, you you find some general audience members that will stay because they kind of work that out now, or they're looking around saying, "Well, what are they all staying for?" So I'll stay. Right, well. exactly. Yeah, they're going to see that and they're going to think, "Well, who's that?" Like, I have no idea who that is. Mm-hmm. So now, now, if that was the point to keep it as a secret, Why I get it. it. Yeah, it, exactly. That's my point. Now I get it. I get it. If they were, if they're going to try and say, "Look, this could be anybody," we're not going to say who it is. But then to say it literally on the, the same day that the movie comes out. I'm like, well, why didn't they just show him then? And then that would have made the general audience yes. a little bit more sort of, oh, wow, who's this guy? Like, this is a guy. And then they would have, you know, oh, it's Blade. Great. There's a new project coming up that Blade's going to be in. Um, I don't know. I just, I find, yeah, I just find that a bit strange. And the only thing I can come up with is that um, something that Jamie said um, mm. is that they haven't finalised what his look is going to be. That could be it, yeah. Year. Right. That's definitely why. I think that's definitely why. What I was going to say to that too is, Marvel has a history of um, of doing double reveals. So like you have your cameo and then you have your first appearance. So like in the comics, this would be this would be considered first cameo. And then whenever he shows up for real, that would be first appearance. So like, for example, Ultron's first appearance, he had like a cloak on. You don't really see the full suit of armor, whatever. He's pretending to be someone else. Uh, and then, they, you know, in the like next issue or whatever, then you get his full reveal. I think this was kind of like them staying true, staying on brand where they they give you a little tease of it. You don't really know what it is, but you know what it is. And you get an idea uh, and then you get the full thing very soon thereafter. So, mm. uh, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think we I think we might see we might see, you know, his look maybe sooner than later, or, you know, maybe we might see something like that in, uh, you know, post credits of Dr. Strange or, or something like that. Talking of post credits, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the first post credit scene, actually. Mm-hmm. What I'm going to talk about is the um, post credits scene to Shang-Chi mm-hmm. um, and Eternals. Now that we've seen Eternals, do we think that there's any relationship between the Ten Rings and the Eternals? Because in that post-credits scene of Shang-Chi, they were saying about how the rings are ancient and they're a lot older than um, what they sort of, what they assumed they were. Do we think there's any kind of relationship between that and there? That's what I originally thought when I saw them, just because of the gold and the lettering and the sort of patterns that, you know, when um, uh, Bruce, uh, not Bruce, when Wong was taking them apart, the rings, Right. It looked at that gold kind of patterning that we've seen in Eternals. And I was wondering whether there was any connection there. Um, You know, I don't know. So there possibly could be one there. I don't, I'm not sure, but maybe that leads. Because remember when the beacon and attracting something, and now here, I'm going to go off the base here a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, cool. Where does this movie go from here, villains wise, right? Um, you saw Arishem to show up and take uh, the remaining Eternals on Earth and disappear. Which that, that, was, that yes. was sick, by the way. Which, that yeah. Was yeah. Awesome. which by the way, did that not cause an Avengers level event? Because that dude just showed up in the clouds and everyone saw him, right? But yeah. you know, getting past that, he, he's like, you know, we'll look at your memories, we'll we'll judge history, history and see if they need to be saved or not, and took the those Eternals off somewhere, right? right. Um, so my thought is 
between those, the rings, the beacon, is that what attracts Galactus coming to attack Earth? Because one thing, you know, we know, you know, Galactus feeds on planets, right? Do the right. celestial eggs is what attracts him to the planet to eat the planet where he gets power from? You know, we, yes, we saw Tiamat didn't emerge from his egg, you know, partially emerge, but is he still alive? Is there still something that can still attract Galactus there? Right. Um, that combined with the rings, maybe, because maybe the rings are from a celestial device, maybe in the MCU instead of Fing Fang Foom. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they're from a celestial, another celestial or celestial device weapon or something like that. And that also does it. Is, is, um, um galactus an enemy of the celestials in the mcu Mm -hmm. um the other thing is though there's the exterminator celestial as well um and remember when erishman said i'll judge the planet you know that kind of stuff um and do they combine the exterminator celestial with galactus and they send galactus in to do work so is there a different play there in the mcu they can go with that so that's where they could go with those rings maybe uh celestial Mm -hmm. weapon you know celestial power that kind of stuff, or they stay true to the comics and it's Fing Fing Foom's alien race, um, the McLuhan's. The McLuhan's yeah. yeah, and that's what brings them for Shang Chi too, and they're not connected at all. Wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't there some kind of celestial war in the comics at one point? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole beginning of the universe is yep. essentially a, a huge celestial war between the celestials and and the aspirants who. Yes. Basically, the long story and the short of it is there's the first firmament, which is the first being kind of created the sentience of the universe. It creates celestials, but really those celestials are what are called aspirants who uh, adhere to what the first firmament wants. You know, if they created life, if it fell in line with the with the uh, with the first firmament's uh, desires. Then they felt then they felt that was good. Then the celestials were a sect of the aspirants that broke off and said, okay, well, we actually want to see life, we want to see death, we want to see the full cycle of things, and we feel that's a more healthy progression for the universe. Uh, and then there was a war, and they had the god killer armor, and then the celestial, then the aspirants had a civil war amongst themselves. The so the celestials then took advantage of that uh, moment to kill off the aspirants and then that war they detonated a bomb and then that blew up the first firmament into the multiverse and that's how the multiverse came to be uh in marvel comics so, which so you that's... just remind me of something too so in the very beginning of this movie they kind of laid out the hierarchy in the mcu right so yeah it's so like Arshim's the, the, the yes, highest now exactly so that's changed because usually it's the beyond uh like beyond is more powerful in the comics living tribunal is more powerful but they kind of just said in this movie that Celestial Erishim is the top of the food chain in the MCU, which is, yeah. you know, an interesting route they're taking there. So if that's the case, you know, what killed nowhere? Hmm. Right. You know, was uh, another Celestial do it? Uh, on, 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 maybe, on it maybe it was him. Is it Galactus? Maybe, you know? maybe, maybe it was Erishim that killed nowhere. Maybe well, it was Erishim, or maybe it was another emergence they stopped in the past mm-hmm. um, and, and the Eternals killed him. Mm. Well, well, remember uh, too, we're about to get Gore, the yeah. God Butcher, in uh, you know, in uh, Love and Thunder, yep. um, and he wields the All Black uh, Necro Sword, yep. which is has the ability to decapitate a Celestial. That's yep. how in the comics where Nowhere's head happened, it was that Null decapitated. Well, was, yeah, Null or or, or uh, do, uh, God Doom as well. Another story, right? Now. So, right. Um, are we gonna get Null? Do, do you think that they could switch the necro sword out though for the ebony blade since they put the ebony blade in that movie and maybe tie the ebony blade to Noel? Maybe because well, there is some history there with Noel and the ebony blade. 
So maybe I reckon I reckon they'll keep the Ebony Blades purely for for the Black Knight maybe. and that that side of things. Um, I I would put some money on it. Not all of it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot, but um, I, I'd put some <laughs> I'd put some money on it that they could even go down the route of making Galactus uh, an eternal. Uh, a celestial. A celestial. The exterminator yeah. one. The exterminator yeah. one. If, if yeah, or, or, or just a celestial that's gone off, like gone rogue. Right. And I, I, I can see thing. the exterminator one, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but, you know, again, we're still learning and we're still getting development on. That's why I said that, like, you know, this movie, even though they gave us a lot and they, they kind of opened us up, I feel like they haven't given us even, I think we're going to get a bunch more in Multiverse of Madness. Yep. That a lot more exposition on the nature of the, the universe and the cosmic beings that made it up. Because I think that maybe Galactus might be something that operates outside. Because in the comics, for example, you know, in, in some capacities, Galactus is a check and balance against the Celestials laying their eggs and planets. He devours those planets that have mm-hmm. life because planets with life support Celestial eggs. And in doing so, he checks the the the, the uh, balance of uh, celestials yep. in in the universe. However, they they kind of like they kind of maybe shot that down though with the horde with the with the by by mixing the deviants with the horde. So in the yep. comics, there's the horde and the celestials who kind of are like a check and balance on each other. Uh, in this, they kind of combined the Deviants and the Horde into one race and have them be the kind of check and balance. So maybe they might not need Galactus. I don't know. But mm. I think they have to go that direction. Yeah, like- I, I do as well. I think you might be right there with what they're going to do there. Uh, but just, just speaking about Galactus and um, CGI and how they're going to get him to work, um, I didn't really, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but it was hard to visualize how they were going to make Galactus work. Um, mm. until I saw this movie two days uh, yesterday or whenever it was um, you know we saw that weird smoke monster thing in uh, oh, Rise of the, the Silver Surfer oh, so yeah which was weird and we've seen big things big beings I guess in, in the MCU in clips before but just going back to what Jaren said when Arisham turned up at, at Earth was just like wow look at that you know that was incredible how he mm. just sort of went boom and then he was there and then it sort of zooms out and he's just this massive massive look, yeah I, like so, he yeah. makes the earth look small he's like as yeah. big as the sun like he's mm. like, he could he could just grab earth like with his hand and just move it if and wants. when he spoke that the volume and the boom of his voice like it was just like that was like wow like when you know you you expect if you spoke to god like that's what you'd expect <laughs> the voice to be like yeah. You know, yeah, and I, yeah, I felt yeah. they did a really good job there. So, so I have an so, idea for go ahead, Alex. Oh, I was just gonna say, I um, so they make Galactus a celestial. Let's say, do you mm-hmm. think that they could make a herald like uh, Silver Surfer become the herald for Galactus? That way, he goes out and hunts down planets with celestials in them. Yeah, I mean, if at he, that point, it, it would be like his personal eternal. Yeah. So, mm. Or, or what they could do is we know that the. We know that they're that Ajax and Gilgamesh and Icarus are not really dead based on, you know, the memories they have at the forge based on them. You know, they can be recreated and that kind of stuff. Yeah. What if they bring back Icarus as the Herald of Galactus? Hmm. Yeah. I think yeah, they'll miss they'll miss out on Surfer, but, you know, 
they, they could well, go I mean, that route. I mean, they already showed him just flying around. He flew into the sun. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and not that, and not in a slow, I mean, the sun's not, the sun's close to Earth, but it's also 93 million miles yeah. away. So, like, for him to fly that distance in and us be able to see it, you know, it, he's pretty fast. So, yeah, I don't mind the idea. They resurrect but I think him as, as surfer, resurrect Icarus as surfer. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I'd I'd don't like know. to see the whole Zen laughing. Yeah, yeah I would too as well. I'm I'm just um, out there. And yeah, you mentioned uh, too. You mentioned too. What would what would Galactus look like? And since they went with the whole, you know, the way they looked, you know, the robotic look of the Celestials and that kind of stuff. I'm picturing Galactus looking like Unicron in the Transformers cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Mean, so and yeah. along those lines, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 I don't mind that. Um. So, uh, less, I don't want to get into um, the last, uh, not the last, but the first end credit scene just yet, because that could open up a whole other discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I, I just want to touch on something, again, that we spoke about last week, and that was the sort of the celebration of, of diversity. Within yes. This movie. And we've kind of touched on it already. Um, in I think Monty brought up a really good point actually with the uh, Athena and Gilgamesh being the kind of um, you know uh, degenerative brain disease and carer relationship which I thought was really nice um, and was really touching but there was quite a lot of other nice little poignant moments in the in the movie and whether it was just one character or a character and a group of people or you know multiple characters and you know there was there was lots of moments that celebrated that diversity and I think it was done really really tactfully like the whole way through I think I do you know what I've seen that seen some of those comments that people have been making about things and I'm like they, no. they must they must just be arguing just to try and make an argument because there was nothing in that yeah there was absolutely yeah. nothing in there that you kind of went well that was unnecessary like everything was was really tactfully and really well done yeah yeah it was really one of the most i and i it's funny to bring that up because i literally wrote that almost word for word what you said it, it was a celebration of the melting pot of humanity languages, cultures, and our history. And that's what I really, I, I literally wrote that down word for word because I, I do feel that I agree with you a thousand percent because it's just, you know, we had Tenochtitlan, the, the Aztec, you know, civilization. They talked about, you know, Babylon. They talked about, you know, pre-man. They're speaking all these different languages. You know, they're in all these different places. You know, we saw Bollywood, we all hold that whole Indian dance, uh, you know, routine thing, which was hilarious yes. too, by the way. Um, you know, they they just really did such a great job. It was like the the World Inclusion Day of of Marvel. Yeah, I, I, I don't get the backlash. Yeah, I don't get the backlash. People are complaining yeah. they didn't see the movie, or they're just you know people who like to complain of, of any kind of diversity anywhere. You know, yeah. the and the whole scene with Fastos and his family, there wasn't much there to complain about. You know, if you know for those that are complaining, I thought it was fine. I thought it was well done. Yeah, so um, tech. Tactfully yeah. done. I mean, like, you know, I get uh, it. It's, you know, it's Disney, it's Marvel. Maybe they're a little afraid of introducing, you know, concepts, even though those are concepts that are totally normal, happen every single day. Like there's, you know, uh, same sex, different whatever couples out there that have children. And and that's a totally normal and beautiful thing. And, you know, they're they're taking care of a kid. So, like, I never understood, like, why you would have any backlash on that. And it's not like, you know, they didn't even it's not like they had a, a sex scene in the movie either you know they they, they just were so, love it was yeah. all so love. You, 
I don't know. I don't know about um, popular sports over in the states, um, but with with football or soccer here in the UK, they say about referees, the referee who's uh, refereeing the game, and they say if you don't know he's there, he's done a really good job. Yep, exactly. Yeah? Agree. Now, 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 if I just relate that to uh, uh, to, to uh, Fastos and his his family, um, yeah. if you didn't, if you didn't, I mean, from my point of view, I didn't notice. I didn't notice anything strange. It, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't false. It wasn't weird. It was just. Mm. It was totally normal. It wasn't shoved down your throat. No, nope, was absolutely nothing wrong with yeah. it at all. Which, which, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one in there that that, that I thought was. Um, however, I, I realise the sort of the the pros to it, but the the sort of all female team up in Endgame did yeah. feel a little bit like chucked down your throat. Like we're gonna do this, and I was like, oh. Okay, and I have spoken to people who said, "Oh no, my little girl was just going mental, and she just loved it." And I'm like, "Well, that's great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's that's brilliant." I However, I did still it feel that it it did feel a bit forced. But this Fastos, not even I didn't even know. It, I just carried on watching the movie. It was right. didn't make any difference to me whatsoever. Right, right. I and 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 with that scene, I think that I think that they've that they've talked about like within Marvel Studios or in interviews and stuff. I think I I've read where they were worried that that would have been a heavy handed scene, that scene in, in Endgame with the, with the all female team up. And they, there was worries internally at Marvel that that was a little too heavy handed and, and they th- thought that it was, but it worked out. You know what? So what deal with yeah. it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, go ahead. No, 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 go on. I'll say changing, changing uh, a couple things too. Um, Namor ties here, right? So mm-hmm. I have a couple thoughts on here on, on how Namor is tied in. Um, mm-hmm. We saw the ocean getting basically destroyed uh, as part of the emergence they're trying to stop. You also now have like what an, a ninth or eighth render of the world in the ocean now with half of yeah. Tiamat hanging out there. But what also if that the emergence caused more vibranium to be discovered? And that's what goes between Wakanda and Atlantis is that extra vibranium out there that's in the ocean that Wakanda's like, no, vibranium's ours. They go after, and that's what starts the whole um, thing about. Or, or Atlantis finds it, but it's not a, a huge, a huge, vast resource of it, and they want more, and they mm-hmm. go after Wakanda. So there's mm-hmm. some things here that can be done, you know, to tie into Namor with that, and so that you know Wakanda Forever is coming next year, right? Yeah, I de- yeah, so. I definitely think there's going to be some fallout from Tim. Sticking yep. or just just, yeah, emerging, just, just emerging, emerging just in general. Yeah, yeah. just in general. There's gonna be similar, maybe there'll be a similar thing to what um Tombs was trying to do in homecoming, you know, yep. minor Damage materials. Control. Yeah, yeah, minor materials of the of the of the celestial, this sort of dead or frozen or dormant celestial, whatever it is, and the disruption that is caused under the sea. The right. That's, I, that's that's what I was gonna say. I felt like it, it would probably be that more than anything, like that disruption and then they now have to go get other resources to kind of help fix or get back to some normalcy and maybe that that's what leads them out of desperation to go hunt down wakanda you know maybe where, where like was that. it because it's very strange it was indian ocean i thought it was indian ocean yeah yeah yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. I couldn't yeah, remember. What, I remember seeing it, and I remember logging it in my head, and then it's gone. <laughs> it's uh, it's gone. But it was, I think I think from by the looks of it, it was recorded in the, uh, around the Canary Islands. That bit that was there was a lot of big second unit in the Canary Islands um, in the credit scenes. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, anyway. wow, okay. So the, yeah, that probably was because there's a ton of water over there. That's where you know that's uh, it's not just islands. It's islands that's also not near any other continental mass on the one mm-hmm. side. So they had a lot of open ocean that they could film in. Mm. So maybe that's where they did that. Also, too, mm. going back to characters coming back, um, Sama Hayek has come out and said since the movie's been out that she's with Marvel for multiple movies. Oh, great. So, like, again, you know, we know that they can be reborn. They can be brought back. They're, they're, um, yeah, they told us that. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was literally, I think, one of the main, the, the, there was the purpose, the, you know, when she's showing um, Cersei the whole story and they go, yep. you know, and there's like, oh, these are the memories of yep. all the, um, of all the of all the eternals or what have you like you know and he just keeps them for records or whatever but that was really their way to say oh well we can bring any of these people back whenever so yeah uh, and then speaking of that whole thing with, with erisham and, and, and communicating with erisham the whole time is it just me and this is my biggest complaint that i have in the movie i could barely understand him at times i don't know if it was the audio my theater or what but everything else was fine audio wise but under, trying to understand that dialogue between that he was trying to tell him at times was kind of hard to understand for me I don't know if you guys saw that as well. I think it might maybe was the audio in your because he's such a booming voice and his the decibels that he's at. I, I obviously I wasn't measuring it, but like I'm about ninety percent sure it's a really really high okay. you know decibel versus the normal what they were speaking at. So like they had you know because you're speaking to a god, so it's so much louder. I think if you're you know maybe where you saw it didn't um, you know like didn't have the system that could accommodate that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. I, I didn't really have a problem. Okay. Yeah. So yes, I, I, I saw, I didn't have an issue. I saw in, uh, the theater that had the XD option. So the really high audio quality mm-hmm. and everything oh. else was great. It was just when Erisham was talking at times, it was like, I was kind of leaning forward trying to hear. And even my wife then did something too, <laughs> where she that, couldn't that, fully that, understand that time. That extra, that extra foot made all the yeah, difference. Yeah, that lean in. <laughs> <laughs> Even in though the speaker's probably theater. behind you, yeah, <laughs> that huge fear, yeah. It's, it's, it's like it's like turn the music down when you can't see at night. <laughs> yeah, I, I've done that. I've yeah, you know, dri- driving in the car and yeah. you turn the radio down to see something. You're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense, but it helps. That's called getting old, Joe. Yeah. Getting old. My, my, my wife, my wife, as we left to go, my wife said, "Oh, I forgot my glasses," and I was like, "I think the screen's going to be big enough. You'll be all right." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, it's, I, I want to talk about that in the uh, the end credit scene, the first yeah. end credit scene. Um, yeah. So the, the now I had already found out. I mean, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of the people that we know and we talked to already found out that um, Harry Styles was going to be playing Star Fox. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I I didn't know that we was going to get Patton Oswalt turning up as Pip the Troll. Pip the so, Troll, um, right? Yeah, so that was awesome. I was really surprised at that. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think a really, a really good, interesting, intriguing end credits scene. Um, I think that opens up it opens it opened up millions of questions in my mind numerous doors numerous yeah i mean something we was talking about before we came on air was that you've got the um uh eros slash star fox and Thanos sort of father and son's relationship now er um eros or star fox harry styles's character said that he was an eternal he had the orb Mm -hmm. from his did he say from his universe or did he say yeah, he's from that universe, but he's from you know from Titan. Yeah, yeah, from Titan. Yeah. So, so, but, 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 so, did did is Adars an Eternal as well that had 
children or is so, he just part of a team that's so in the com so in the comics uh alars uh you know separated from his brother yep. um so his brother ended up staying on earth and you know managing running the earth eternals because they went into the unimind and while they were in the unimind they realized that alars uh and his brother i'm forgetting his name right now but alars and his brother couldn't work together and they left amicably they parted ways amicably so Lars went off uh to to titan and so he was on a different you know went in a different planet so so you have eternals and and they talk about this in the movie there's eternals on many different oh, yeah worlds. all the world Trolos and you know and hella and, and all the any most any place where the set where the celestials have been and put an egg they put eternals there to watch against the deviants so you have different eternals scattered all over the galaxy so alars and then now thanos and then the other son eros is just a an offshoot of that so are they going to be connected to humanity or are they just going to be a separate eternals that were on a separate mission uh i don't know i think that 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 remains to be seen it's like the mm. eternals rebellion <laughs> right well, and Titan was destroyed, we know, in the MCU yep. now. So, like, right. where has he been at all this time? He's been time? traveling. You know, yeah, has he just been wandering around? What's he been up to? You know, I think he's, he's been traveling. The way that Pip introduced him and that kind of stuff, he's been traveling and, and doing stuff. And I think it's yeah. going to be very interesting how they walk this line with Star Fox because of his history in the comics and mm-hmm. his abilities as well. Yeah, because um, he's yeah. got some, some naughty power. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's almost like a mix of, of, of Druig and Icarus with, you know, without the I-beams. Right, because he can, right. but but he can because he can control emotions. He has superhuman strength, agility. You know, he can fly. So he's kind of a mixture of those two uh, Eternals. But he's got the eye beams, and he doesn't. He can't fully control somebody, but he can, like Jura can. Yeah, and he's got a little bit of the uh, kind of like Purple Man, you know, Pilgrave uh, powers yep. too. In that he controls, you know, emotions. So yep. he uses that to sleep with untold numbers of of, of females. So that's his. Uh, you know, kind of is one of his claims to fame. Yep. And I think that um, Harry Styles can play that kind of um, playboy, charism- charismatic playboy type, you know, um, type character. Um, you know, I've not read a massive amount of Star Fox in it, but everything mm-hmm. that I have read, you know, he has been that flamboyant type character. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that um, Harry Styles can pull that off from what, uh, from, from what I know of him, what I've seen of him as a, as a, as a performer. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But only, you know, I've only seen him in in the you know the music stage. Um, but um, uh, it'll be interesting to see to see his role um, going forward, and when we're going to see more of more of him and more of Pip as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. Pip, Pip yeah. I was just I was just going to say when he, when he, when he appeared, I was like, oh, Pip the troll. Like I said it out loud. <laughs> in the said, you know, my, yeah. my girlfriend's looking at me like I'm like crazy. I just like I couldn't hold it in, and I was just so excited about that because you know i did the uh, the whole uh, adam warlock breakdown in the in the mcu group and um you know in researching for that um you know you learn a lot about pip the troll because pip the troll is one of the most like tied to uh adam warlock characters that they have so but what i'm wondering is are they gonna do uh pip the troll Infinity Watch, you know, Adam Warlock kind of deal, or is Eros going to be more of that Adam Warlock character? 
which I think they're going to do. And then yeah. they're going to make Adam Warlock just a villain and maybe kill, yep. even kill him off. I agree with that. I, I think it's, it's more on the Arrow Star Fox side. But also, too, um, I wonder if She-Hulk is going to tie into this at all because there is a there is a tie there between She-Hulk and Star Fox. You, you know, she defended yeah, they, him. Yeah, they have a, yeah. Yeah, during those allegations on trial. So are they going to make that tie as well or just steer way clear of that Star Fox I th- history? I think, I think, I don't know. I don't. I don't see She-Hulk dealing with any of that at the moment. Good. I don't think so either. But I think. I think that's 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 way off in it. I think um, where that where that could come in. But um, I think we might we might get some sort of some more um, uh, bits in the Marvels or potentially in Guardians of Galaxy three. Do you guys think that we get any of the Eternals? Um, or Star Fox or whoever uh, that we saw this movie. Do you think we get any of them on an Avengers roster in the future? I'd love to see Cersei on, on the roster, I think, as one of them. I, um, I, maybe maybe you could see Black Knight, but he's not an Eternal. You know, yeah. He was in that movie, but yeah. like, maybe you could see oh, him I definitely, in the future. I definitely think he ends up an Avenger, but I, I, I didn't necessarily count him because he's like... But yeah, I did say everyone in the movie, so yeah, yeah kind yeah. of. I think he, just Eternals. I think he's he's shown up in quantum in quantum mania black knight just because the power yeah. of his sword what he can do I, w- I would be surprised to not see him in that movie um yeah. but as far as eternal showing up i could see probably cersei being an avenger um maybe kingo maybe um mm-hmm. just because uh, you know his history he said that he's you know been around some of them before he's mm-hmm. spoken to thor before yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's obviously interacted with him yeah i can i can i get i'd almost guarantee that that we'll see uh kit harrington as as Black Knight in in, in with the Avengers, yeah. I think that's almost a guarantee. Um, I I think we probably will see Cersei as well. I think she was. I think she's going to be very much liked. You know, she seems like a likable person. She likes everybody as well. She's very endearing, isn't she? So I think we'll yeah, see her, she's but... a, she's a sweetheart. They really went kind of a like because you know in the in the comics they make her a bit of a ploozy <laughs> kind of. She yeah. kind of hooks up with like literally everybody except for Sprite. Um, and it's just a totally different direction. They made her so much more like, like almost this like leader, mother, reluctant leader, finding her way. Like, I like what they did with the character as opposed to just making her like the typical like girl that just is like, you know, promiscuous or whatever, which, you know, listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with that too, but I, I like what they did with her character and, and where they're going with that. So yeah, mm. I definitely think too that we'll see her if there's any kind of Black Knight movie or Black Knight series. Mm. There, there's gonna be flashbacks, there's gonna be we'll see her there throughout other Black Knights. Like I said, I think she's extremely tied to the Black Knight in the MCU, especially the way they played it in the movie. And like I said, in the comics, she's wielded the blade. There's history there. So I think she's gonna be a, a big part of that. Um, my question is, is that where do Eternals go from here? Do we see a sequel? Or yeah. is it going to be more spread out into other other projects? Well, we did have we had the Eternals will return, didn't we? At the end, yeah. But the, where the, though? Are, 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 is yeah. it going to be a sequel? Is no, it going to be I, a Disney Plus series? Um, I, is it going to be think we'll other projects? I think we'll yeah. get a sequel, but I do think we'll get. I, I totally agree with you, Joe. And I think when we see Black Knight next, we'll see Cersei next, and I think we'll see the two of them um, next. We we might potentially see a little bit of them in um, in Guardians of Galaxy three with the Star Fox and Adam Warlock, Pip the Troll, that whole thing. I, those three definitely, yeah. Th- those two definitely, Pip and, and Star Fox definitely. I could see. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think in regards to to to, to more 
Eternals focused story, it'll be a sequel in two or three years, I should imagine. My my only thing about about Guardians though is that James Gunn said after Will Poulter was cast as Adam Warlock that casting was wrapped. So mm. unless they've already cast him as secret roles in the film, um, which they do. I mean, yeah, we, they didn't, do, uh, we but, didn't know about uh, you know uh, Kang. We didn't know yeah. he was going to show up in in Loki. So yeah. they can't keep certain things a secret. So so okay, yeah, I. I uh, but but them characters were already cast, so they're not doing any more. Ca- they're not casting any new characters. They're just going to bring characters in from that have already been cast. So yeah, so that they could be there. It depends. It's on the timing of Eternals versus Guardians of the Galaxy three. But he did say yeah. casting was wrapped. So, and so if we see Pip and Star Fox in there, I, I you know I wouldn't be surprised. But I'd, I'd be surprised at the same time unless there are very secret casting already. Mm. Yeah. When but it, talking is about that too much? Is that too much though? With with Adam Warlock and the and the rest of the story though, is that too much? Or maybe it's just a small cameo. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Talking about yeah. timing, um, when is this taking place? I mean, I, I, obviously after the blip, we know that. But when do we think this is taking place? So we've had. Um, it looks like um, uh, Far From Home is still the most, the, the furthest along the timeline that we've seen which is happening roughly um, around about the same time as Shang-Chi. Um, right. So when is, when is Eternals taking place? After the blip, so whereabouts in that? I think so we've got nine months from Tony's snap to, to where we're at so far, which is um, nine months after, which is, like I say, uh, Far From Home and, and Shang-Chi. So when does Eternals sit in, do we think? I think it was right after the blip, the return, because mm-hmm. you said seven days. Well, I thought she said five years after. Oh, was it five years? Yeah, I think I thought she said something like, you know, five years ago Thanos snapped. Right. Uh, well, oh yeah, well, that's yeah, because yeah, the yeah. snap was the snap plus five years. Yeah, So I yeah, wonder yeah. if if this takes of uh, this must take after like the 20, second snap, twenty twenty three, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, my, no, my, my guess... farther than that because the, the 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 MCU ran concurrently with our timeline, and then after the snap, it jumped ahead five years. So now the MCU, so the MCU is five years ahead of where we are now. So it, it, after it, the snap would have been no the, the snap. Oh, you're back, right. The second snap oh, the, I'm talking about. Oh, the second yeah. snap. Okay, I think so, it's yeah, immediately so after the be. second snap, possibly. Uh, yeah, but, and then it has to be within. Se- well, I don't know because. But even but even then even then so, it, the the, the Thanos, Thanos snapped in in 2018. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we went forward five years. Well, two weeks after that, we went forward five years. So we're actually still in, in at 2023. Yes. In in the in the in the MCU, they're yes. at 2023. Right. right yeah. 2023. Uh, right. Where where exactly in 2023? We don't really know, but um, it's somewhere in 2023 still. And I would assume that it's going to be sort of like August September time. I guess I don't really know. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think but, it's meaningfully after. The yeah. second snap. I think yeah. it's but, a year max. Yeah, but she said so yeah, it must be within nine months because we, we haven't seen anything after that yet. And right. um the, uh, uh, Ajax said it was seven days until uh, until the emergence. So she, that wasn't necessarily seven days ago. Yeah, true. That, that Tony that Tony snapped. But so what triggered what triggered the emergence though? You know, what triggered that seven days? Was it the second snap to bring everyone back? Because all that energy. So that's why yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. So I'm yeah. thinking yeah. it's right after the the Hulk snap but, is when that yeah. triggered that. Yeah, because she because that was the point, wasn't it? That it was um, a humanity or yep. not so humanity, but uh, uh, life getting to a certain level. So obviously it was nearly there, 
And then there was the blip, which made it go all the way back down again. And yeah. then Tony Snap brought everybody back yeah. on top of everybody that had, that had been, yeah. you know, no, Tony Snap, five Hulk years. Snap. Yeah, Hulk yeah. Snap. Oh, Hulk yeah. Snap. Sorry, yeah. Hulk Snap. Hulk Snap. So um, uh, on top of everybody that had already been created in that five years, like Morgan right. and other people, yeah. other children, I guess. And then we've got everybody that was there. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was very, very shortly after the Hulk Snap. Plus yeah, but any it, other planets on, that also, I was just going to say, plus any other planets that already had a celestial that was doing the same thing, they would also be going through the same thing because exactly. all of their people would be cut in half as well. Like, you know, so their populations would be dwindled and then that would basically delay the emergence on other planets as well. And yeah. now you say that, that's where Star Fox could have came from because maybe he was the leader of that rebellion because mm. he goes, your friends are in big trouble. So maybe wherever Star Fox was, he was on another planet going through the same thing. The three build, he had the the orb, and so that's how they're teaming up now. So that could be right. tied there. But th- thinking back though, the way that he- humanity looked with everything, I think it was further past the post snap because mm-hmm. it's everything was back to normal in the movie. At least mm-hmm. with you know when they showed them in the bar and they showed them in the museum, the teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know they showed Kingo yeah. with the film set. I think it's probably you know further that's a out good point. yeah yeah that's about a that really now. good point yeah kingo kingo's film set they're not yep. going to get a they're not going to get a, a film set up like that in production um, yeah in in you know a week after the snap are they so right um, they weren't snapped but yeah still, yeah but and didn't, was, london, so, um, didn't london get pretty mashed up in uh in the second spider-man though yes mm-hmm. so you know there was like no residual mention or link or link or mention of that at all yeah, so it makes true. me still think. So it makes me still think maybe it might be a little still, but it makes you think the second Spider-Man might be the, the still the latest. Yeah, the- yeah, maybe. Yeah. Although having said that, nobody's mentioned the fact that there's a massive uh, being poking out of the scene. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that too. Yeah. yeah so that- maybe this is the maybe this is the latest thing that we've seen. I guess maybe. when we see No Way Home or even Hawkeye, we'll, we'll see what happens. So. Yeah. yeah. Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I got to see a trailer of Hawkeye beforehand. Because also, too, Hawkeye, she mentioned Avengers level threat mm, and Hawkeye yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah, so there are, so there are those, yeah, you're right. Um, talk, talking about trailers, um, I got to saw, I got to see the um, Matrix Resurrection trailer on the big screen. And I tell you what, I am so excited for that movie. That looks Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. I cannot wait to go and see that on the big screen. Yeah. I, I, I love that they brought that, that, that franchise back you know, just for one more round. I think Keanu's yeah. a great actor. He hasn't really aged that much, you know. <laughs> no. he look, guy looks great. He can still, you know, pull off all the moves and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, to that. Yeah. Movie. I, I want to see where Lawrence Fishburne, though. Uh, that's the only bummer for me about that. I know. It is a shame. Yeah, that is a shame. That is a shame. Um, look, lads, what, what else have we got? Have we got anything else pressing on, on the Eternals that we want to chat about? So nope. the only thing I wanted to t- I wanted to kind of touch on this is that, uh, and I I feel like Jarian will feel me on this one is, uh, you know the the Marvel kind of committed the 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 villain Cardinal Sin Sin again of blowing away a a, a really potentially good villain because Crow is is pretty deep, uh, pretty strong. You know, uh, he's got a multi multi dimensional villain who's immortal, got a whole lot of things going on. He had that relationship with Cersei, whatever. I understand certain elements might not fit with the direction that they're going in, but they had this villain here and they just totally one-shotted him, 
didn't develop him really at all, and then just decapitate him, and then that's it. Moved on. Plot device. That's yeah. It. yeah. Just yeah. use him as plot device, and they keep doing that. And like, you know, they were able to save it with um, with Baron Zemo. I hope that they're able to do it with Taskmaster. Don't get started on Taskmaster. <laughs> Don't get me started, please. <laughs> but uh, but I, I I just wanted to point out that Crow was another example of them doing that and and i don't know why they necessarily keep doing that but i guess they feel they have so many characters to just burn through that it's not a big deal but um but i would like to see him not just get be you know killed off like that so th- i have a thought so we didn't see what happened to him after she sliced him in the cave so who knows that while he's on the cave floor he could recompose where he, he could heal and, and still come back so well, well that was the point wasn't it that's why he still yeah, ejects his power yeah, so that he could heal really- he had yeah. Gilgamesh's powers and Ajax's powers, and he evolved. So I could see them where, yes, we saw him get kind of Highlandered by Athena. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that was just a temporary thing, and he can heal himself, or he gets, you know, and anything with the way that um, the Celestials create them, he can they can create another crow, so they can still fix that. But I, I agree with Mon- Monty, though. They, they need to stop doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did, did, did this movie need a villain in that respect? Not really, because the the the, the event deviants, was the yeah, villain, wasn't it? The the deviants yeah. were, were more of like a a distraction type thing, and not really a villain. Yes, the the deviants did take out two Eternals, um, but it it like 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 I said, it was the plan by Icarus to distract them while the emergence happened. So yeah. it was more of a distraction than anything else. Um, I thought it was interesting though that with the deviants though that them being frozen in ice took them off the Eternals' radar. It's like, yeah, I can yeah. see them being frozen ice that can maybe mask them a little bit, but, you know, how could they not even fast, you know, I guess we'll fast. Yeah, them fast those tests. He, yeah. the, he has the most advanced technology in the world that he can just create with his hands and mind. Yeah. Like, you know, he couldn't just... Didn't Chris say, yeah. did, say he found them like several days ago and they were unthawing and yeah, he just like that, decided uh, to leave warming, and come back? Yeah. He couldn't yeah. have, he couldn't have just killed it while it was unthawing, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. From the ice, like while it's stuck there. Like well, he, yeah, but... he saw his opportunity though. He's like, I'll use this to, to get rid of uh Ajax to you know to get them distracted. So I see the way Icarus played it, but yeah, you're right. You know, the only thing I could think of Fastos not detecting them is that he was so preoccupied with his family life and protecting his family because they all kind of split off into their own things they're all preoccupied you know so that kind of fits in that respect but even them being frozen millions of years ago before they split up you still would think they would be detecting before they split up yeah how were they detecting them before he had that machine and yeah. it just showed a little big thing of the globe yep. it, it, from his hand and it would just tell them on the globe where yep. uh how many turns or how many deviants were left yeah. yeah where deviants were nice Okay. Um, go on, Jaron. I think you had something, didn't you, as well, that you wanted to talk about? Oh, never mind. It had nothing to do with okay. uh, Marvel MCU. It was in the trailer. I was going to say Belfast looked really good, too, as well, but mm-hmm. that's about it. I didn't I didn't see that. Okay. Um, okay. Brilliant. Wow. We've spoken about quite a lot there, guys. Yeah. Um, there, there was a lot to speak about, wasn't there, really, to be honest? Lots to unpack. It was. It was, it was a lot to unpack, but um, I thought, all in all, I, uh, personally, I really enjoyed it. Um, Same. It, it, it held my attention the whole time. You know, I was I was interested the whole time. So where do we think it fits in the greater scheme of the of the MCU? To me, I give it like again, I, I'm still back and forth, like 7.58 out of 10. I, I ranked it 
not as good as Shang-Chi, but better than Black Widow. And I think it's a top 10 for me mm-hmm. um, or right, right around there about. What, what, what are you guys feeling as far as how it fits into the grand scheme of, uh, of the MCU? Yeah, think, I'd probably say, t- sorry, Alex, go on. I, I was going to say, I think top 10 for me too, honestly. Like, um, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely like one of the better MCU movies. And I think that's because like, I like the the big picture kind of stuff. And yeah. this really makes you think like, this really makes you like zoom out on the MCU and like, mm-hmm. hey, this is why all this has been happening. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like this is the the big, big thing that's been happening, not just like what happened in New York in 2012, you know, like, so it's, I don't know. That's just my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm going with top 10 as well. I don't know exactly where it will sit yet. I have to, I'm, I'm a bit more of a, I'll have to go on a second watch and, you know, um, I've watched, I watched Black Widow. In fact, I've actually watched Black Widow three times now. Um, and I still enjoy it. And I still yeah, enjoy I thought it. it was great. It just for me, yeah. it just was. It was a little one dimensional for me, and it just kind of doesn't. It doesn't crack the top ten for me. No, that's fair enough. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing Shang Chi next week um, again for a second viewing. But yeah, I'd, I'd go with this. I'd go with this in the top ten, um, a final position um, to be decided. Joe. I'd give it a, a seven, seven and a half. Um, um, it's an enjoyable movie for me. Um, if you're new to the MCU and haven't seen any other MCU movies, this can be a standalone movie watch. You right. don't have to watch everything else. Now, that's why I'm leaning more towards seven and a half because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the visuals. I love covering how they type things throughout history. Um, I did have some issues with, with the film, um, but I, I'll watch it again. I enjoyed it. My wife, who's not as big in the Marvel as I am and is more of an MCU fan. And if even that, um, you know, she enjoyed it too as well, but there was times it was kind of slow for me and her as yeah, well. My, so. my girlfriend absolutely loved it. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it hits, I think it'll hit with, uh, you know, maybe casuals. The MCU casuals or people who aren't as initiated to, to like the Marvel cosmology and stuff like that, because like, you know, if you're too into it, if you're too dialed in, you'll see a bunch of different discrepancies in there and maybe it might take away from your ability to enjoy it or not. I don't know. I, mm. I've heard I've heard some people say that there wasn't enough action in this movie too, and it kind of gives me that idea of like the in-game kind of vibes, where like mm-hmm. in-game was like a large build-up to that big payoff at the end. Yes, that's kind yeah. of like what this was. Was it was kind of like a slow burn, and then like it a, was a slow a, burn for sure. Yeah, in the beginning. So I'm also yeah. kind of excited to see what the outcome of Arisham showing up on Earth like that, him in the clouds like that. What happens there? Because yeah. that's definitely an Avengers level event. Everyone saw that. But, yeah, yeah but, everyone but, saw that. Well, he was only there for a few seconds, though. But still, he? everyone had to see that, though. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah TV, yeah. satellites, everything had to pick that up. Like, sword. Yeah. Sword must have been going ballistic. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Brilliant chaps. Well done. Great job. That was a that was a yeah, man. eternal session. But um, I enjoyed yeah. it very much. And it's been great, great to have you back on Monty. And have you thank uh, you? Yes, thank, thank you, so Monty. Yeah, yeah my, my great, pleasure. great knowledge. Um, my pleasure, guys. Okay, so we'll be uh, we'll be back next week, and um, we'll uh, start breaking into a little bit of Hawkeye because well, uh, that is Disney Plus. Oh, oh, Disney Friday. Plus Day. So this Friday coming twelfth. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So we'll have Hopefully a lot to get some bombshells. Hopefully, we get some dates, some new properties, maybe a teaser of Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, you know, like I said, I'm looking for dates for Miss Marvel confirmed Moon Knight, those shows we know about, but also all those companies that we don't know what they're tied to yet. And hopefully we get uh, some Ghost Rider, right, Alex? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Superb. All right, and yeah, so that'll be that'll be next episode. Actually, we'll be chatting about Disney Plus Day. Um, so guys, well done. Thank you very much. Remember, everybody that's listening, jump onto our Facebook group. It's Marvel DNT um evolution. So uh yeah, it's been a pleasure. Well done, guys. Take care.